emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. I'm Kevin Merida, Senior Vice President of ESPN. Hi, everyone. This is Rexy Roll from Western Air, Bahamas. I'm Monica Morgan, international photojournalist and motivational speaker. Hello there, I'm meteorologist Denise Isaac from WXYZ Channel 7. Hey, this is Maurice Griffin from BET Sunday's Best. I'm Lauren Winfrey, TV news reporter for today's TMJ4 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is Dr. Eddie Connor, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud show with my main man, Michael Nimmons. Grew up listening and singing If I Could Be Like Mike, and I really do, so I had to listen to how he brings it, how he flows with it, how he engages you, how he speaks truth to power and inspires you to do something greater than ever before. Don't you dare miss it. Continue to listen. Think out loud. Speak out loud. Michael Nimmons. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... The Thinking Out Loud radio show. 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 So one of the best radio shows that I've ever been on. And in Detroit, I can't go without thinking out loud with my boy, Michael Nimmons. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimitz. show dissecting the dream a discussion of dr king's dream 55 years later what's up family thank you for joining us on the thinking out loud radio show the mlk edition uh what would dr king say about his dream 55 years after his famous address uh that he made in washington dc at the we've been able to turn hands and sing in the words of the old negro into this question of are we truly honoring Dr. King's legacy each year we remember his birthday or has he become an immortal mascot you're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show keep it locked keep it locked keep it locked hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show and I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemens. And you're tuned in to the show. It's giving voice to issues that matter to you. Thank you so much for tuning again. Tuning in again this week on a very special edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I know we hear, you hear that very often, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, you know, just trying to be truthful. Uh, but this show is very special for a number of reasons. One of which we're having a speaker, influencer, ambassador, 
motivator, uh, Reverend Marcia L. Dyson, uh, is going to be on with us sharing uh, on the topic of women in politics. We're so very excited to have her on the show. This show promises to be a very insightful and inspiring conversation. And tonight, we're just sharing with you part one of this discussion. We'll be airing part two of this conversation on next Tuesday, February 5th. At 8 p.m. This is a powerful and impactful conversation with, again, speaker, activist, influencer, and ambassador, Reverend Marcia L. Dyson. Of course, if you missed tonight's show, you have a few more opportunities to listen tomorrow at 8 a.m. Wednesday at 8 a.m. We always re-air our Tuesday evening shows. And then again on Friday with our friends at WDPR 102.4, my good friend, Pastor Thomas Brockenberry, and all of his listeners uh, who, again, love, uh, we love very much. Thank you so much for tuning in every Friday at 8 p.m. on WDPR 102.4. Shouts out to WDPR 102.4 and the entire listening audience and all of the great shows on their counterculture, uh, the um, sports talk show. They're cooking with chicken. That's what they call it. Got so many great shows on the After Church show. Just some great shows on there. And you're adding new shows in 2019. If you uh, want to check uh, check that network out, just go to uh, www.wdpr1024.com to stream uh, all of the shows from that station. And they're playing gospel music all day so if you love gospel music and you kind of like that playing in the background if you're at work or in the car wherever you are you can pull it up and uh just a great station to listen to so check them out wdpr 102.4 thank you again so much for tuning in each week those of you listen on blog talk or wdpr we're seeing our numbers increase each and every week and uh, we just truly appreciate it. You know, please continue to listen. We're inching very close to 9,000 listens. Um, that's truly amazing, uh, which simply means that our show has been streamed or downloaded almost 9,000 times. Can you believe? I can't believe that. I can't believe it. 9,000 times. We can't thank you guys enough for tuning in each week to our show. Please continue to listen, subscribe, share, and even rate and review our show. It helps to get our show more exposure on iTunes and other podcasting networks. Of course, if you miss us on Blog Talk Radio uh, or WDPR uh, at any point during uh, when our show airs throughout the week, you certainly can listen to our show on all of the major podcasting networks, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeart, TuneIn, and Spotify. And as an added bonus, uh, if you uh, if you want, you can also go to our website, michaelnemons.com. That's right, michaelnemons.com, and click the podcast button menu option, and you'll be able to listen to all of our 104 episodes of the Thinking Out Loud radio show right from michaelnemons.com. 
I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, guys. We've made it very simple for you. So please do us a favor uh, and share, subscribe, rate, and review our Thinking Out Loud radio show. We hope to get better and better each and every week. We've got some great things in store for 2019. I'm declaring it right now that 2019 is going to be our year. Declare it with us and uh, we're going to do some great things together. Stay tuned for our thought of the week. We've got a great one in store. We're going to be sharing with you a portion of Senator Kamala Harris's speech announcing and declaring her run for president in 2020. This was this speech was given in Oakland, California over the weekend on yes um, Sunday, January the 27th, her hometown in Oakland, California. We want to share with you that speech. We believe it's so appropriate to do so because of the topic for tonight's show, Women in Politics. So stay tuned for that. If you missed that speech, we're going to be sharing with you a portion of it at the end of the show. So don't you go anywhere. Again, this is going to be a great, great show. What you thinking about? 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 What you think about? What you think about? In this week's What Are You Thinking About segment, we begin talking about the government shutdown uh, that ended on this past Friday, January the 25th. And as of this airing, uh, this will be day two of federal workers back at work after the longest government shutdown in U.S. history. That's right. 35 days, the government was shut down and approximately 800,000 workers were furloughed or went without pay. Shut down that lies entirely at the feet of President Trump or Trump, 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 whatever you want to call him. The shutdown officially ended on this past Friday, January 25th, after Trump signed a bill that would temporarily temporarily fund the government for three weeks or until February 15th. When during this time, discussions and negotiations are supposed to take place regarding border security and Trump's border wall. Listen to him make the announcement about the end of the government shutdown. Thank you very much, my fellow Americans. I am very proud to announce today that we have reached a deal to end the shutdown and reopen the federal government. Listen to how silly the announcement sounds and the profuse applause after Trump says we've reached a deal. What? What deal? You got nothing. You got the big goose egg. The only thing you got was three weeks to negotiate and talk more with Democratic leadership about this nonsensical wall that, by the way, you still won't be getting. (laughs) That's right. You're not getting a wall, Trump. We're not giving you $5.7 billion to build a monument to yourself. 
So let's be clear, Trump pretty much held the country hostage for 35 days with over 800,000 federal workers not getting paid, some on the brink of losing everything, their homes, their cars, their, uh, you know, their, their everything going to food pantries for food and doing everything they could to stay afloat and at the end of the day Trump got absolutely nothing nothing this was a deal that could have been done 30 days ago and all this could have been avoided and of course because the media is spinning it as Trump caved this is doing nothing but creating more tension and more anxiety, especially with Trump, because Ann Coulter and Rush Limbaugh and Fox and Friends are all painting him as the wimp who caved to Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. Speaker Pelosi and the House Democrats are the ones that are holding all of the cards, and the art of the deal maker got absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nada. Zero. Zilch. And if after three weeks no progress has been made, Trump threatens to shut the government down again or declare a national emergency of some kind to get the money elsewhere. Let's be clear. Shutting the government down is not a negotiation tool. You know, and and um, that's not the way to compromise that's not the way government works that's not the way that being a good leader an effective leader works but of course you should know that mr art of the deal give me a break but you know all of this has really shown us <laughs> that um you know he's not smarter than a fifth grader <laughs> you know if he de decides to declare a national emergency, this will be battled out in the courts or the judicial branch of the government. The third co-equal branch of government that Trump cannot bully or circumvent for his own selfish pleasure. Please hurry up, Robert Mueller, and complete your report because it's time to send this president packing. Can I get a witness? It's time for him to go. It's been time. <laughs> Trump's got to go. <laughs> Want to give a shout out to the cast of Black Panther. They recently won Screen Actors Guild Ensemble Award on this past Sunday during the Screen Actors Guild's 25th uh, Awards celebration. Uh, this is a tremendous movie and a tremendous award, according to CNN. Uh, the superhero mega hit Black Panther won for outstanding performance by an ensemble in a motion picture at Sunday night's Screen Actors Guild Awards. I believe this is the equivalent of the Best Picture Award given by the Oscars or the Academy Awards. Uh, the actions were the actors were shut out of any individual nominations, but that didn't seem to matter when the cast led by star Chadwick Boseman took to the stage to accept the event's top prize. Uh, he said, we know that it's 
Uh, we know what it's like to be told there's not a screen for you to be featured on, a stage for you to be featured on. We know what it's like to be the tail but not the head, Bozeman said. We know what it's like to be beneath but not above. And that's what we want to work. That's what we went to work with every day. Uh, just a tremendous movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know where you've been, but uh, it is available online and everywhere. Uh, DVDs and Blu-ray discs are being sold, but I I highly recommend this movie, Black Panther, and it really uh, just a very inspirational movie uh, all around, and I um, I'm just very impressed with it. I know many of you have already seen it. And uh, Ryan Coogler, the uh, director, did a tremendous job putting this movie together. Um, not surprised if he wins an Academy Award for Best Director because this movie was really put together well. And I like the fact how they uh, decided to debut the movie doing the uh, month of uh, February, last February 2018, during Black History Month. And the movie was so inspiring, it actually inspired me to write a blog about it. Uh, the blog is entitled A Hero Rises, a look at the disparities between black and white superheroes. Um, black Panther being one of the, um, uh, the, the I, I wouldn't say it was the first black superhero movie, but um, as far as the highest grossing black superhero movie ever, it's, it's done that I believe this movie made almost a billion dollars worldwide um, that's the kind of impact this movie had around the globe and um, you just can't imagine the um, the impressions that uh, was made uh, by this movie uh, on the lives of young boys uh, and young people around the globe um, that that see a superhero young black boys that you know see a superhero that looks just like them we talk about that in the blog and we encourage you to take a minute go to our website michaelnimmons.com click the blog menu option and uh, again the blog is called a hero rises a look at the disparities between black and white superheroes uh, we love to get your feedback and your thoughts on this blog post if you want to leave us a comment on that um, just go to that blog post and scroll all the way to the bottom of that post past the related uh, blog post or recent post uh, right underneath there and you'll be able to leave a comment about that particular blog and we love to get your feedback Again, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page and there you will see the words log in to leave a comment. And uh, we just again would love to hear what your thoughts are about this great movie, Black Panther, an extraordinary movie, an extraordinary cast, well deserving of this extraordinary award. Finally, we want to give another shout out to a uh, female entrepreneur, teen entrepreneur to be exact, um, Zandra Cunningham, who according to Chicago Crusader has partnered with Target to sell her award winning eponymous skincare line nationwide in celebration 
of Black History Month. According to Black News, Cunningham's company, Zandra, focuses on social good and uses STEM and entrepreneurial education to empower girls and women. The beauty line consists of 50 chemical-free skincare products. Target will sell the hand and body lotion, exfoliating sugar scrub and lip and body balm. Zandra made the announcement on her Instagram page, posting from our kitchen table to 707 Target stores. The Target exclusive Treat Yourself gift box is now available in stores nationwide and at Target.com. A motivational minute, motivational minute. We've been grinding for eight years, eight years. This thing has evolved from a nine-year-old with a cute little hobby to an international brand. Amazing. What a great opportunity for this young entrepreneur and a great, great way to kick off Black History Month coming up in just a few days. Congrats to Zandra Cunningham. And if you want to get more info on her product, you can follow her on Instagram at Zandra Beauty. Zandra, Z A N D R A Beauty. B A B E A U T Y. Zandra Beauty. What an amazing young lady. We even reached out to her uh, to possibly interview her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. So keep your fingers crossed. You may be. Uh, hearing from her very soon very soon hopefully we'll definitely let you know if we were successful in reaching out to her we would love to have her on the show well we're going to take our first break of the night but when we come back we want to get right into our interview with speaker activist influencer ambassador reverend marcia l dyson as we talk women in politics this is a conversation you don't want to miss. Don't you go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in. To the thinking out loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Who is Michael Nimmons? Where can I purchase his books? Does he have a blog? Can I leave a comment about the show? How can I subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show? How can I contact him for a speaking engagement? The answer is michaelnimmons.com. Check out the new michaelnimmons.com website to listen, share, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Leave a comment about the show on the Thinking Out Loud radio show page. Read the blog, purchase Pastor Nimmons books, and so much more. Hi, I'm Pastor. 
Pastor Mike Nimmons, and we hope you'll take some time today to visit michaelnimmons.com. It's the one-stop shop for everything we have to offer. From our books, to our blog, to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and so much more. MichaelNimmons.com, where ministry is our mantra. It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specialize in custom-made all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691. That's 248-820-3691 and order your custom basket today. Listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and now available on Spotify. Subscribe today. Have you purchased Michael Nimmons' new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. Endorsed by presiding bishops, pastors, ministers, best-selling authors, and more. Listen to what Dr. Eddie Connor had to say. Vision is a riveting book filled with spiritual keys and pragmatic principles. The insights shared by Michael Nimitz will inspire you to manifest your vision to receive provision. As you read, you will be encouraged to embark on your own vision from within. Michael Nimmons offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. Miss the 100 show? On August 7th, 2017, a show was born. Welcome to the inaugural edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. In this edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we're going to be switching it up a bit and taking you on a trip down memory lane, highlighting some of our most influential guests. Denise Isaac, a former meteorologist for Channel 7. Kirk Mays, CEO of Forgotten Harvest. Kevin Merida, a senior vice president at ESPN. Rexy Roll, VP and general counsel for Western Air. Judge Vonda Evans. God will use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. All right, everybody, we are back on a very, very special edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. And I can't tell you guys, we have a phenomenal guest on the line with us on tonight. I'm so happy 
that she's consented to be on, be with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're going to be talking women in politics on tonight, and I can't think of any other person uh, to um, really do this topic justice than the person I'm getting ready to introduce on tonight. I want to um, uh, give her a brief introduction as we get right into her interview. Uh, she's the president of M&M Dyson LLC, founder and president of Women's Global Initiative, contributor to Essence Magazine, The Griot, The, the Root, Huffington Post, advisor to the United Nations Woman and Conference of Black Mayors, a former consultant to Clinton Foundation, the member of a Black Women's Roundtable, Women's Agenda, Spectrum Circle, National Council of Negro Women. She's also currently writing her own memoirs entitled Irrever Irreverent Memoirs of a Grown Woman. She is also the wife of noted author, speaker, and professor, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show and world-class woman, Reverend Marcia Dyson. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Reverend Dyson. Hello, We are so very happy to have you on the show with us on tonight as we talk women in politics. I think you are such a um, uh, intelligent and brilliant woman uh, that brings so much to the table when it comes to this topic. I couldn't think of any uh, better person to discuss this uh, this weighty topic with on tonight. Let's get, get it started. <laughs> absolutely absolutely so you know we um we really didn't get a chance to get into uh your bio as i said you have an extensive background in politics and in women's rights um you are the founder of the women's global initiative but i want you to share with our blog talk radio and wdpr 102.4 listeners more about Reverend Marcia Dyson. Oh, thank you, Michael. Uh, I'm from Chicago, the South Side, and I was the first chief of staff of Reverend Jackson's International Trade Bureau. This was a precursor to his Wall Street project that is well known. I was also the public information officer for the city of Chicago, special events, which meant that every major festival we had that catered to the world. I oversaw as well as the liaison for our tourism and other special events, especially around our sports championships, whether it was the Bulls, the Bears, the White Sox, or the Cubs. Uh, and my activism started in the 70s. I was part of a quasi-Black Panther movement to my mother's uh, disdain, but I've always been socially conscious. I grew up in an era where we didn't ask much. We took what we could, and um, which is kind of a lot like today, but it wasn't as much as a victimization stance as I think, which is controversial, we'll be saying this, as I feel today. 
um, I've been engaged in women's rights activities from the giddy-up, whether it's in education, and surely as women were able to get more into politics and supported many of their endeavors to do so uh, with caution. You know, I don't think that the one for women, that one gentilia dictates one's character or their expertise to be in office, to be a teacher, to be other things. So we can talk about that because, you know, everybody's like, ah, I thought she was for women. But it's a, a story that we need to talk about in light of the fractured, I call it sisterhood, that started with the suffrage movement, you know, the, the white women from Seneca versus the Ida B. Wells Barnett, you know, womanist black group, and and even with the Women's March, which was not inclusive. It was a very narrow, though huge uh, protest for women, but it was not inclusive of all women. So, you know, uh, so I like to talk about that because when we also say that I'm a champion of women is if I'm not for men, which is crazy, husband, two sons, two grandsons. I, you know, I don't believe in putting a picket fence around women to safeguard us and then looking at our brothers as if they're bestial and the poster boys for everything wrong in America or the world. So it's not an either or, it's a both and. But because I believe women have had a double negative. I mean, our brothers have really a triple negative when I think about it. But as far as not so much even equal pay, because black women have never been paid well, but we know how to make a dollar out of 50 cents. Not 50 cents. Uh, uh, Mr. Jackson, I'm not talking about that 50 cents. <laughs> so I'll let you ask me some questions, because I want to hear from you. Well, well, again, I know you all are enjoying our interview with Reverend Marcia Dyson, very accomplished uh, woman, and we're talking women in politics. So uh, my first question to you, uh, Reverend Dyson, you know, last year uh, was dubbed the year of the woman uh, with, you know, the Me Too movement and, uh, you know, the Women's March that took place uh, uh, last year as well. Um, but now, uh, you know, within these past, uh, actually a few days going into the new year with the 116th Congress and, uh, this being, uh, the most diverse Congress, uh, in history. And, um, and, and I, I was told that this is, um, the, the, the largest segment of women. Um, that's ever um, served in Congress uh, during this um, uh, during this time. So I want to know from you, um, you know, how would you characterize, uh, you know, what's taking place uh, just within uh, these past few days uh, in Congress and, um, you know, with with the you know new faces particularly those that are female uh in um in the new in the new 116th congress well the black women's round table we were very instrumental in making sure that we got blacks into office whether male or female and we also were the ones who pushed our black and non-black elected officials based upon issues that concerned our community to do the right thing. And there was a lot of heavy lifting in doing that. 
I was at the swearing-in of the people of color, you know, the Congressional Black Caucuses swearing-in ceremony and watched the general swearing-in that was uh, done on Capitol Hill. And it was great, and it was very uh, heart-swelling and pride-lifting to know that through the founding by Shelley Chisholm and others in 1971 that this group had grown to 55 members, and it included a lot more women, and it included diverse women. You have Latinas now, and you have Muslim women, which I was glad because I do work all over the world in Latin America, Central America, Africa, and the Middle East. So to have their opinions expressed for the to represent the diversity, not only of the CDC or Congress itself, but our nation uh, is very refreshing as well as they uh, get a little bit more steeped into the protocols and into the task which is at hand. And I look forward to, in fact, interacting with some of the newer members, hoping to help them get acclimated to D.C. because the one thing that we don't realize is that no matter who the elected official is, once they come up on that hill, they, they come under our federal tax dollars and they are all our servants, regardless of our state affiliation. And so I want to be able to welcome the sisters to D.C. to make sure that they have uh, support, uh, that they have information, because often what you propose within your state or your district doesn't translate to federal government because you have to have a, a greater consensus in your state in order to be to operate and to increase your popularity back in your home uh, district. So I, I am excited about that. Yes. So, uh, Reverend Dyson, I know you are a role model for a lot of women around the world because of. Um, your social activism and your involvement with women's rights and your political experience and background and uh, all the work that you have done and are doing. Um, But I want to know from you, um, who are some of your heroes? Um, You know, who are the women that you look up to uh, and admire? I would have to say among the living is Melanie Campbell. Melanie Campbell is our leader in the Black Women's Roundtable. Melanie was very instrumental in leading us to make sure that Susan Rice maintained her position. We queried um, Senator McConnell when there was refusal to let Loretta Lynch uh, be confirmed for attorney. uh, Attorney General. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. We're also the ones who, uh, with Melanie's leadership, that no matter where we were in the country, if there was an election in a black community, she made sure that we got out to vote. In fact, she was very instrumental in getting out the vote in the attempted wins for Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gilliam, as well as Lucy Macbeth and other women of color and men uh, throughout this nation during the last midterms as well. And she was definitely in the forefront with President Obama's uh, first and second uh, uh, runs for the presidency and um, was very instrumental, too, in the 2016 for Hillary Clinton. And the unsung 
a hero. Well, she's really a song, and that's Dorothy Hyde. And I have to mention her because she informs my politics, my spirituality, and the way in which women on the Hill can be. There, uh, I took a little bit of a affront by our congressional black members refusing at first to meet with Trump when I, when we had a president who was black, and this is verifiable. That did not meet with them for hundreds of days. Dr. Dorothy Hyde was with every president from Franklin Roosevelt to Obama, and none of those presidents really fared well with the black community, but she would never make herself absent from the seat of power. And that's my perspective. We cannot afford to have days of absence within our government because we were muted somewhat for eight years, and this is not a critique of President Obama. This is something that we didn't do because we were so glad to have a black man in office. He didn't say don't speak to me. We just refused not to critique and push everything around the government during that time, which is even outside the executive branch as much, but we had Eric Holder. And the fact that with our our political force, we were able to push the hands of many Republicans as well. So for me, it's Dorothy Hyde always, the memory of Shirley Chisholm, but living is Melanie Campbell because she embodies them all. Wow. there. I mean, tremendous women that have definitely made an indelible mark in um, not just the history of black America, but uh, the history of this country. Uh, so it, it's, it's those are three tremendous women um, that uh, you know I, I I I concur with you and agree with you wholeheartedly that they are um, are definitely uh, women of note and ones that we definitely should admire and hold in in a high esteem. Um, I know you are enjoying our interview with Reverend Marcia Dyson. We're so happy. Again, to have her on the show, we're talking women in politics. Those that are listening on Blog Talk Radio and WDPR 102.4. This is an interview I've waited to have and very excited that she's on the show (laughs) with us on tonight. So, uh, Reverend Dyson, I want to know, do you think that it was right for the Democrats to... um, elect Nancy Pelosi to a second term as Speaker of the House? And if so, what kind of leader do you think she will ultimately be for the uh, Democratic Party? Well, I've known uh, the Speaker since I've been in Washington, D.C. I know she's very powerful. People will say that she deserved her spot because she raised a lot of money for the DNC. Uh, do I think she's qualified? Absolutely. But I know that there were some pauses and that all the Democrats uh, elected were behind 100% in installing her back to her former role. And I don't think it was because of ageism, but a lot of them didn't like the fact that money was the carrot into which she could ride back into her position. I think that there's some who are cautious about that because one thing is that everybody is talking about how money influences the capital now. You know, you have campaigns that cost some of the budget items that we want to have covered as far as education, prison reform, 
you know, health care, uh, school care, uh, like the former Head Starts and agencies to get our our pre-kindergarten students um, behind from from behind the eight ball. So I know it was problematic. I think that uh, since she is installed and because it was electoral within the body itself to choose her, that I have to go with the consensus of them. And I know that she can do a good job, but what I'm hoping, too, is that, especially for the Democrats, that they can be objective and not fall in line and tote the law because we will uh, the line because we will get business as usual. And one thing, if we can look past November the 6, 2016, things didn't happen, especially for the black community when Trump became president. All this stuff was happening way before then. It was not the, the signal of the apocalypse. And if we don't believe that, then we get into a narrative of untruth, not what's coming out from this president, but what the party failed to do when it was in power. So I'm hoping that now that they have had this great awakening and this great revelation to keep it sort of in scriptural analysis, we become more attuned and more of a discernment, a political spirit to do the, all that we can do for this nation as a whole and not segment us so much as we are now, because of the fracturing of our identity, who's the greatest minority now? We talk about the immigration laws, right? But I go and do a lot of work and have been in Haiti for over now 10 years. And there's a, a pullback on Haitians getting visas to do unskilled labor in America, and that's for, part of the immigration law, and nobody's talking about it. So for me, I'm, I try to remain objective. I am not a party girl. I am not. And I see people on the hill, not as personalities. I don't need a rock star. If I want to be entertained, I go to a concert. You are my public servant. I think that the way into which we let elected officials become these rock stars have made them think that they are kings and queens, and this is across the board. And I check them, right? They hate to see me coming because I will check them. The capital is not a castle. There's no kings, queens. There's no uh, prince or princesses. And I even have told this to the Congressional Black Caucus, I am sorry, I have no relatives on the Hill. And I'm not talking about my kinfolk. I have no real Uncle Sam because he didn't care for us, and I have no aunties. I'm not going to make it that familiar because when we do that, then we would lose sight of why they're really there. And that's not an affront to anybody um, at all. I would hope that it wouldn't be because we have to remain objective as citizens. If not, we're going to get cornered in somebody's bullhorn and not have the facts themselves. And we have a tendency to let the cable news and social media feed us. When I travel the world, we say that, you know, they're shocked at our naivete. They're, they're, they're muse of our lack of what it means to be a real citizen because in other places of the world, it's, it's important that you know your neighbor because they could be your enemy if it's another country in the Middle East or even in Africa where there's tribalism or even in Latin America or even throughout Central America. But in America, since we're attached to different states, we don't feel that tension as much and we're lackadaisical and, and we let people spoon feed us. But to be American citizen takes a lot of work and it, and it requires a lot of information. The Constitution should be our political Bible if you are an American citizen. There are so many things that we don't know that we have the rights to is the reason why we have a lot of protests. We really have the right to tear this government down if we want to. The Tea Party knew that, right? 
Right. It wasn't because they were white supremacists. They read the text. And the Constitution, as far as its founding fathers who wrote it, is going according to the script. We intended it for us. You know, we wanted it for us, and it wasn't until we start pushing through information to know where to change the laws. We just can't say, okay, I want to do this. How, how can you construct it within the confines of this political Bible? It's the same thing with preaching. You know, the, the Word of God is inspired, but it also tells us to be the 11 epistles that read by me. In other words, the work was not finished the work with Christ was finished, but not the work on doing the Christian work. And the same thing with being a citizen. It requires a lot of work, which means that we have to do our homework and to know what it means. But unfortunately, what wasn't kept on watch was that when I came up, you had to know the Constitution, every line, dot, comma, whatever, in order to graduate. That same thing that they used against the people in the civil rights because they know they couldn't read. Now, Social studies, who even says social studies in schools anymore? They are not taught it, and it's not so much that you can't deter you from voting, it's deter you from being an informed, intelligent voter. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Miss the show where we talked bullying and suicide with author and anti-bullying activist Justin Coates. So Justin, I want you to tell our listeners how you ultimately decided to handle being bullied. Catch it on Apple iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I reverse the curse of a negative, of stupid, to something positive. So this is what stupid means. The, the S is for I have strength. The T is for I am talented. Uh, the U is for I am unique. The P is for I was prayerful. The I is for I am intelligent. And the D is for I have determination. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specialize in custom-made all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691. That's 248-820-3691 and order your custom basket today. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Hey everybody, Dr. Townsville here, the educator. Listen, if you're thinking, I want you to think out loud with my voice, Pastor Mike. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Looking for 
a professional tax and bookkeeping service, then look no further than Consumer Tax Connect. This is a full-service preparation and bookkeeping service that prides itself on great customer service, professionalism, and getting results. Have tax returns that still need to be filed or getting audited or having issues with IRS? Call Consumer Tax Connect today at 248-395-0079. That's 248-395-0079. Consumer Tax Connect, a tax service designed with you in mind. Have you purchased Michael Nimmin's new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. This book is full of positive insights on vision from people like President Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, and Dr. Miles Monroe. Michael Nimmin's offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. It is definitely a must-have. Just $20 for hard copy and $3.99 in ebook format. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. This is Mike Nimmins of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Catch our show every Friday at 8 p.m. on WDPR 102.4. To stream the show, just log on to the website at www.wdpr1024.com. WDPR 102.4, the station bringing you Jesus Christ with a purpose. With my man, Pastor Thomas Brockenberry. Don't you dare touch that dial. I know you are enjoying our conversation Women in Politics with Reverend Marcia L. Dyson Let's get back into this powerful interview Absolutely, absolutely and you, you said a lot there But one thing that really stood out to me and um, and it it really I guess speaks to what's really going on in our in our country. Um, you said you're not a party a party liner or a party girl, um, and I, I I know what that means. You you're not beholden to the Democrats or the Republicans, um, but you 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 are an objective citizen, and knowing that. I wonder, you know, it, it's really hard to have objectivity in this political climate because we see more partisanship than anything, you know. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm very glad that Democrats are are in power now or or have taken back the House, so to speak. And I'm I'm glad because there's now more balance. At least there's balance in. Uh, the three, yeah, the three branches of government, because what the Republicans were trying to do was really trying to do a, a clean sweep of power from the, the judicial, the executive, as well as the legislative branch. But there has to be some checks and balances. And 
Uh, I agree. There has to be some objectivity in politics, but it seems to be very hard to be objective in this political climate. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. But that's the polarization that each party created. I mean, when we were in power, we wouldn't listen to the Republicans. I mean, it's become more stringent, I think, in the last few decades, because up until President Clinton's presidency, and even I call him Little Bush, there was least bipartisan consideration. It was not this polarization and and hate as we see now. You know, I think that polarization came in because black people didn't, I mean, white people couldn't phantom having a black president and so I, so the chism right started right there around race mm-hmm. in america that was the fault line it's like oh my god a black president let me concede well, several southern states talked about conceding from america texas was one of them i don't know if it was georgia was another southern state right and then when trump won of course people wanted to move to canada they were going to move out the country and so the de- so the divide and the possibility of bipartisan uh, objectivity and moving the country forward was like an earthquake with this huge fault line, and not only in politics, but in this, uh, with the civilians or the citizens, citizenry themselves, fell along those fault lines. And, you, and the gap was so big that there was no way, and even now for us to get a running start, to jump over, it seems, in order to have this bipartisan necessity to do what's best for the citizens more than what either party may want to do because that's what their emblem says that they are because we do have the history of these two major parties working together when it came to the critical uh, solution to maintain civility within this nation. All that has been erased. You know, and I won't even call it erased. It has been eroded because when something is erased, you have the wherewithal like a chalkboard to write back on it. But when it's eroded, that meant that the board is gone and all you have is this frame and everybody is looking at it like a TV that has gone, you know, a wire. So what we so now that we have some power, when I say we, because I still do identify mostly with the Democratic Party, that we have this power, it is incumbent upon them to make sure that the things into which we protested against what the Republicans were doing in their narrowness at this particular juncture in a political history, that we don't fall into the same trap. Let me go back to being ministerial, because most of the time, that's the reason why my memoir is called Irreverent, because I'm quite most of the time. But there is a scripture that says, Envy not your oppressor, nor choose any of his slash her ways. So when we become the haters, when we become the screamer or something because it is the talking point, it's the parroting of a mess that is excited through social media that can increase our popularity, then we're no better than Trump. We don't need to do that. We need sound governance from our party, talk about the Democratic Party, so that they can become the moral compass for the whole Congress. Because you can't say that you're opposed to someone's deficits when you allow yourself to be so negative. Mm-hmm. You have to do the work, and the work speaks for itself more than your voice. I, don't, I didn't want people in office to be loud. I want people in office to do the work. To impeach a president is a political process that is constitutional, then do it. 
to right. make sure that immigration laws are right, do it. You didn't do it when you had the power. That's why they're so raggedy. That's factual. When the Democrats had the power, they didn't attend to immigration laws. They didn't. And the same time, how are you situating yourselves? An honest conversation, which nobody wants to talk about. There was a major separation that happened in the 90s. And it was when black men went to prison unprecedentedly and exponentially with three strikes, you're out. Are people marching around the prisons really asking for reform? No. Can brother no. walk down the street and not get shot? No. Can we, can we talk about those kind of things? It seem like we're talking uh, like Trump and the Republicans. No. So we need to talk about the same thing with Black Lives Matter movement. It became such a social media phenomenal that in Chicago I can talk about what really bothers me, blacks killing blacks, and that's something I addressed it in 1985. We did a black-on-black love campaign. We try to make it positive. If you try to address it now, people say, oh, you're talking about Trump. No, I'm talking about my grandchildren who are moved from Chicago because I knew that they would not have the age of innocence. And I lament the fact that they could not play on the playground. That happened before Trump. I'm hoping that that there's some civility that is maintained and some decorum. Those things are necessary. I mean, you can do the calling and names and, you know, everything. It's like what LBJ told uh, Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King had to be in the lion's face. LBJ was no friend of grace to black people. There was no loud speaking uh, uh, done, no, you know, cursing done. He made him do it with the consensus of the people to whom that law impacted. And that's what we need. I don't need grandstanding. If I want to wave my hands in the air like I can, I'm going to a Jay-Z concert with Beyonce. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that even though we have the Democrats in power, remember, Oprah, Obama, the Clintons could not get Stacey Abrams nor Andrew Gilliam across the line. There's still a lot of lethargy. There's still a lot of uh, uh, unsatisfaction, a lot of doubt with even our government, even though we might be in power. You know, it's like you won the bottom of the ninth, of, of the first and not the ninth, because the people, the, the spectators aren't watching the game anymore. Man, I'm enjoying our interview with Reverend Marcia Dyson, uh, just a powerful, um, powerful woman of influence and so happy to have her on the show with us on tonight. We're just thinking out loud, guys. That's all we're doing. <laughs> Talking about women in politics and 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 you, you, you know, you said you said a lot. And I I I think and at least I thought that. For the most part, Democrats have been civil uh, in in comparison to our Republican counterparts because they're they seem to be the ones that are you know trying to bully everybody you know of course you know you have Trump who's trying to run the presidency like he's a mob boss and um, you know this government shutdown is basically his doing and uh, I believe will be his undoing uh, as president but you know the the Democrats have tried to um, to to take the moral high ground in in a lot of respects um, but you know, 
you one thing you can't um uh, and this leads me to my next question one thing is hard to um i guess uh, sequester is that emotion the the emotion of 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 and the frustration that comes with uh not being able to get uh to get legislation passed good legislation passed not being able to have a civil conversation with the president of the United States uh that's why you have a new congresswoman Rashida Tlaib who said we're going to impeach this MF uh what do you what do you think of her comments well you know, like I said, there is such thing as decorum, and a lot of members of the Democratic Party, obviously not Nancy Pelosi, because, again, because of social media, she said what she said, but that she's not going to be the ones who stopped uh, her colleagues from not only thinking out loud, but talking out loud, whoever they are, authentically, but... We know that the impeachment is on the table for the Democratic Party, and to be a a freshman senator, I think that sometimes you need to come to the Capitol and study a little bit more. And so, and I, and because I do a lot of work in the Middle East, I have to say, before she said that, I I really wish she looked at the 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 country to which her ancestor is this devastating thing that is happening in Palestine. The reason Mark Lamont Hill was fired from CNN is because he visited that land and, and he saw the apartheid there. He saw the devastation. And here you have a Palestinian congresswoman. The first thing she says in punch to impeach Trump. Leave that for Nancy Pelosi. You could she had the wherewithal to bring that attention from authentic uh, uh, soulfulness to educate American citizens about the Middle East and the plight there outside of what we get from APEC or our Jewish brothers and sisters, which have been one-sided. She had that opportunity to make us global citizens, and for me, she missed the mark with it. We know the war cry is what she had said. What she had and how she said it, she has the right to say. But you ask me, what I wish she had done, the reason why I was excited about her and the sister from Somalia being there, because I know for Somalia and Africa that we could at least, as American citizens, know that Africa was not one country. It was multiple countries on the continent, that those were educational moments that I think we uh, are voided of, in our, even in our system, and surely as American citizens, if they could have taken us global immediately, we would have gone to Africa, we would have gone to the Middle East in those comments, and it did the Palestinian situation no good for her to say that, because for people who have seemingly more power than the others, it's like saying, oh, my God, please don't let that black man be the person that killed killed somebody. We all watch in great trepidation when something happens in the news. Oh, don't let it be a black man if you're black. Oh, don't let it be the Mexican if you're Mexican. Oh, God, don't let it be an Arab if you're from the Middle Eastern Arabic countries. And so I'm quite sure that even her own, some of her base, and especially Palestinians, Knew, probably felt that, and that's some of the feedback that I got. But I am glad that she's there. I mean, because, like I said, my book is irreverent. I will cuss myself, and I will say some things. She really spoke out loud, so more power to her. But I wish she had a tempered a little bit, got in. Then she could have joined the voices of the senior people with that. But she had a greater 
cause that she could have immediately brought attention to, which is of a dire situation when you think about the fact. It's like if uh, someone uh, from civil rights days were able to say something and they wanted to lambask, you know, uh, LBJ, rather than saying, continue to save black people, we'd be looking like, wait a minute, save our schools, and you can up talking about Jay-Z, you know, you know, didn't do a good job, or, or let's use Ye. The Ye is crazy. I don't care about Ye. Look, you're, you're black. Like, if, 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 if Jay-Z was the first hip-hop congressional member and he gets up and talk about something like, you know, yay, it's crazy. You know, they're brothers in prison. You know, they're children being shot on the street. Man, our kids, no matter what public school you go to, their parents have to augment the supplies because the public school uh, educational systems don't have enough money. We'd be like, really? So that's how I see that. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Have you purchased Michael Nimmin's new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. This book is full of positive insights on vision from people like President Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, and Dr. Miles Monroe. Michael Nimmons offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. It is definitely a must-have. Just $20 for hard copy and $3.99 in ebook format. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Munchies, call Munchies. If you worked all day, need a break, call Munchies. Having a party for the big game, call Munchies. If you want some off-water pizza and wings, call Munchies. Call 248-476-7272. Located at 34527 Grand River in Farmington. Where you have the Munchies, call Munchies. It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specializes in custom-made all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691. That's 248-820-3691 and order 
your custom basket today. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. I hope you enjoy part one of our discussion of women in politics with Reverend Marcia L. Dyson. Let's hear the conclusion of part one of this powerful interview. And and that's why we uh, that's why we have you on the show because um, you know that's what this show is all about thinking out loud talking out loud and uh, expressing you know controversial viewpoints Um, you know everybody has a right to uh, express themselves and um, and and you know again I thought and I felt like she was really just expressing her frustrations with this administration. You know, um, I I really felt that 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 she was speaking on behalf of millions of Americans who f- who feel disenfranchised, who feel neglected, who feel like they've been overlooked. Uh, millions of immigrants that have come to this country or trying to come to this country and have been um, turned away. And, uh, you know, it just and, and she's really, I believe, just expressing her her frustration but i also understand what you're saying as well that we should take the um the higher the high ground uh, i love what michelle obama uh says when they go low we go high and um and i think that's that should be our approach i agree with you yeah i mean cuz there has to be a moral compass there has to be some some middle ground to this, and like I said, you don't have to give the war cry with the war to the war cry. It was, it's it's implied that this is the direction of the Democrat Party as it pertains to Trump, but definitely I believe in person people being their authentic selves. But I also know that when you first go on a job, you know you can't roll up in golden sex like uh, you know. Okay, it's great because like f you all, you know you all made the money, keeping money from the black folks. I'm up here, I'm going to mess you up. They're like, okay, so you're out of here because don't forget, even though we have elected officials on the hill, there and they represent the districts. They do not represent the majority consensus of the people. There are millions of folks who did not vote. And there's and remember, I talked about this great lethargy. We talk about that all the time with our political groups, including the Black Women's Roundtable. And there's great trepidation about this 2020 election because, first of all, you're going to have 100 Democrats running. It's going to dilute the messages even of the freshmen uh, uh, congressional people because they won't have the mentors there because everybody now is going to be jockeying up on a campaign trail, which means a lot of businesses won't be taken care of because the presidential primary distracts anyway. So you have an impeachment, you have the 20, uh, uh, presidential election coming up, and that means that we're going to have a greater dilution of the political power and the junction when we need to be the strongest. I mean, with Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, it's working with Bernie Sanders people. Bernie Sanders people are still going to hate up on the Hillary Clinton people because the memory lapse is not that great. And conversation I had 
today just about that. What is it going to mean now for Congress? Because people are going to start campaigning, and the people who are congressional members who are seasoned will start campaigning because it depends on who they choose to run for president who will strengthen their committee selections or their positions within a new administration if that happens. That's terrifying to me. In the midst of an impeachment, in the midst of all these great new freshman congressional members, it's going to be a diluted government no matter what, and that's the reason why, like I said, that citizens need to be informed. Our power is not with elected officials. There's nobody on the Hill going to tell me what to do with my body as a woman. They couldn't tell me as a teenager, and they sure in the hell ain't going to tell me now. If you don't pay me, then I told the women, let's do a, boy, a girl cot. Let's, we cannot shop for one day and ruin the global economy. So we have all these distractions. I'm not a victim. And that's one thing when we talked about the women's movement. How can you go from burning the bra to running with wolves to victimization? Nigga, you touch me, I'm going to jack you up. Now, for women who are physically, <laughs> we, will, laws, will the laws really protect us? No, I work with domestic victim violence. You, we can legislate that all day long. We need a re-entry of socialization of men and women. Until we have that honest conversation, which I alluded to before, I cannot say I'm all for women and then act like my, the men in my life are the beast. We have to have, especially the juncture in this particular culture in which especially the young people live, we need to have this end of the battle of the sexes. I don't know why men who don't think that making sure that a single household by a mother wouldn't be great to have her have equal pay as a man because if the father, for whatever reason, because I don't want to diss the brother saying, you know, not paying their child support, if she has enough, I don't know what that brother's going through. I know that it's hard for black men to get a job, even if it's more pay, as it is for black women to get in those positions more with less pay. It's almost balance it out. I understand mm. the, the tensions of the finances that happen, and God knows you now entering this age of technology was going to reduce even more, especially amongst us who are victims of the digital divide, the most racist economic frontier in America, especially as it relates to black, unless you really have that mathematic and scientific mind. So we have to, I'm, I'm sorry, I mean, so, God, I wish I wouldn't think so much, but we have this very complex reality. It's not like, I don't know how old your parents are. In the 60s, you married for love because he was cute because you were going to go places. And now it's like, ugh, you know, how can you even train your children for 10 years from now because everything is moving so fast you can't even keep up with the technology. These things are what I look at. You know, Colin, impeaching Trump, do whatever you want to do. He's still going to be in office unless you indict him, and then you're going to spend all the time distract for what we need as citizens, and we still ain't going to have nothing but six feet more under. You're tuned in to the Eat Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Hello, this is Reverend Marcia Dyson, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. And I'm a reverend, unapologetically. <laughs> And I'm talking out loud and thinking out loud with you. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Missed the show where we talked politics and the church with Dr. Freddie Haynes. 
I want to give you a hypothetical. If you were an invited minister to the Trump White House, first question is, do you go? Catch it on Apple iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And the answer is no. Uh, Donald Trump is an amoral liar. He's also egomaniacal. And because he is egomaniacal and a narcissist, you know that, you know, to meet with him, you basically are there for his benefit. If you hear that I'm in a meeting with Donald Trump, know that somebody's impersonating me or that I have been a victim of the invasion of the body snatchers and someone has taken over my body because that is not something that I would ever do. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Got the munchies? Call Munchie! If you worked all day, need a break? Call Munchie! Having a party for the big game? Call Munchie! If you want some off-water pizza and wings? Call Munchie! Call 248-476-7272. Located at 34527 Grand River in Farmington. When you have the munchies, call munchies. Listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and now available on Spotify. Subscribe today. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. It's time, time, time for the Thinking Out Loud radio show of the week. And our thought of the week for this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we thought it'd be appropriate if we share a portion of Senator Kamala Harris's speech where she declared her intentions to run for President of the United States. She delivered this address over the weekend in Oakland, California, her hometown, on January 27th in front of a hometown crowd of thousands. And so we thought, what better way to conclude part one's discussion of women in politics to share this speech with you. As children growing up here in the East Bay, we were raised by a community with a deep belief in the promise of our country and a deep understanding of the parts of that promise that still remain unfulfilled. We were raised in a community where we were taught to see a world beyond just ourselves, to be conscious and compassionate about the struggles of all people. We were raised to believe public service is a noble cause and the fight for justice is everyone's responsibility. In fact, my mother used to say, 
Don't sit around and complain about things. Do something. And basically, I think she was basically saying, you've got to get up and stand up and don't give up the fight. <laughs> and it is this deep-rooted belief that inspired me to become a lawyer and a prosecutor. It was just a couple of blocks from this very spot, nearly 30 years ago, as a young district attorney, I walked into the courtroom for the first time and said the five words that would guide my life's work. Kamala Harris for the people. justice system was deeply flawed, but I also knew the profound impact law enforcement has on people's lives and its responsibility to give them safety and dignity. I knew I wanted to protect people, and I knew that the people in our society who are most often targeted by predators are also most often the voiceless and vulnerable. I believe should be left to fight alone. Because you see, in our system of justice, we believe that a harm against any one of us is a harm against all of us. That is why when a case is filed, it doesn't read the name of the victim, it reads the people. And this is a point I have often explained to console and counsel survivors of crime, people who faced great harm, often at the hands of someone they trust, be it a relative or a bank or a big corporation. I would remind them, you are not invisible. We all stand together because that is the power of the people. In my whole life, I've only had one client, the people. We are here because the American dream and our American democracy are under attack and on the line like never before. And we are here at this moment in time because we must answer a fundamental question. Who are we? Who are we as Americans? So, let's answer that question to the world and each other right here and right now. America, 
We are better than this. When we have leaders who bully and attack a free press and undermine our democratic institutions, that's not our America. When white supremacists march and murder in Charlottesville or massacre innocent worshipers in a Pittsburgh synagogue, that's not our America. When we have children in cages crying for their mothers and fathers, don't you dare call that border security. That's a human rights abuse. and vilify public school teachers, that is not our America. When bankers who crashed our economy get bonuses, but the workers who brought our country back can't even get a raise, that's not our America. And so, I stand before you today. I stand before you today, clear-eyed about the fight ahead and what has to be done. With faith in God, with fidelity to country, and with the fighting spirit I got from my mother. I stand before you today to announce my candidacy for President of the United States.
Well, we hope you enjoyed tonight's show, part one of our discussion of women in politics with speaker, influencer, activist, and ambassador, Reverend Marcia L. Dyson. I can't wait to share part two with you next Tuesday, February 5th at 8 p.m. It's definitely a show you don't want to miss. And as an added bonus, we'll be sharing with you a blog post entitled, Is America Ready? And we're discussing, um, we're continuing our discussion of women in politics in this blog post, talking about Senator Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren and other women who are running for President of the United States in 2020. So, this blog post is going to be available immediately following the airing of this show on Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. So, once the show ends on Tuesday at 8 p.m., this blog post will be available. You can go to michaelnemons.com, just click the blog menu option there, and you'll go right to Is America Ready? Take a minute and read this blog. And feel free to give us your comments and feedback as well. We're also going to be posting this uh, podcast embedded into this blog as well. So you'll be able to read the blog and listen to the show right from michaelnemons.com. I mean, it's so simple, guys. We've made it very simple for you. And also, you can leave us a comment on this blog by scrolling all the way to the bottom of the post past the related posts section and there you'll be able to leave us a comment about the blog as well so again we have a blog post entitled is america ready that we're going to be sharing immediately following tonight's show so go to michaelnemons.com as soon as this show ends you'll be able to read the blog is america ready Well, thank you guys again for tuning in this week to part one of our discussion of women in politics with Reverend Marcia L. Dyson. You don't want to miss part two. And so until next time when we're bringing you part two of our discussion of women in politics with Reverend Marcia L. Dyson. Always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, then you can be it. If you can be it, then you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show podcast. Be sure to support all of our radio show partners. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Want to book radio show host Michael Nimitz for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnimitz.com. Be sure to follow the show on all of its social media accounts on Instagram at the TOL Radio Show, on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, 
or on our Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show. Are you an entrepreneur? Want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud radio show partner and take advantage of our free introductory advertising offers. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud radio show at gmail.com for more details. Visit the new home of the Thinking Out Loud radio show at www.michaelnemons.com forward slash TOL radio show. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you.